right, just before we get to Mark Spector, let's welcome in our Monday co-host, co-host Lorianne Munzer. Morning, L.A. Good you morning. were in L.A. Or sort uh, of just close. outside of L.A., and? south of it. Oh, it was nice. It was oh, warm. Yeah, and thanks for leaving us in the cold. Well, I was trying to send up <laughs> the good weather, so temperatures are coming down. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you kind of missed all of the cold snap, I guess. I missed the freezer. Ugh. Yep. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's... Uh, Welcome in Mark Spector now for uh, On The Mark, uh, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Good morning, Spec. Morning, folks. How's it going? Good. So you got back yesterday and you basically missed a lot of the cold snap too, but what was it like when you got back into town and it's like, what, 36 below or whatever? Yeah, yeah. We had uh, the weather chased us through the east, but it was mostly just some snow in Chicago and then Detroit and Montreal, but it wasn't that cold. You know, when it snows in Montreal, like within two hours, it's turning into slush. Mm -hmm. So that's how cold it is, right? Like here. So yeah, it's a good dry. I can feel like my whole body's just it's like a prune with this dry weather here. When you come back into it, you know it, man. It's dry and cold. Did you have fun on your trip, though, Spec? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's good hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, nothing special. You know, I didn't do anything crazy out there, but uh, watch it. You know what? It was a pretty weird trip. What were the scores in those games? 2-1, 3-2, and 2-1. When's the mm-hmm. last time you covered three other games in a row where the high-scoring game had five goals in it <laughs> so what's that te- what's that telling you well uh it tells me that their offense and their power plays on a drought that's what it's telling me but the fact that they're winning all those games is the is the real tell here right used to be you know let's face it you have two games out of three where you only score two goals and you win them both like that's not the edmonton orders you know so their goaltending's excellent their defensive play is is certainly good enough. They're they're not giving up the five bell chance that ends up in your net every time. That chance isn't happening. So they've really tightened up, and all of a sudden you got a team that can play these games and can win these games. And that's the biggest difference I'm seeing in this team is they can beat you at this game now. And I can't remember the last time I ever said that. On all your, uh... I guess games on the road. Did you ever see Connor McDavid kind of get booed like that as much and as often? Well, no, and it surprises me a little in Montreal because yeah. it's, you know, it's sort of a, the hallowed grounds, right? Yeah. You know, the people there know their hockey. No one's saying they don't. Um, but you know what? He got tangled up with Gallagher, and they kind of thought that he took a dive, so they were booing him and. Uh, then he ran there. He didn't run their goalie. He ran into the goalie and got a penalty for it. And they thought, oh, he's trying to run our goal. I mean, listen, they're just boo. I don't get how you boo a great player. I never get how anyone booed Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I don't get how you boo Connor McDavid. But it's a new world we live in, man. That's what people do now, I guess. Yeah. Well, Spec uh, Skinner was talking about that in one of his post interviews. And he was talking about just i mean when they know your name i mean it, it can also be a good thing too because they're really paying attention what do you think about that yeah for sure i mean it's not like you know no Connor mcdavid doesn't need any affirmation that people know his name obviously they know his name but i get what what i thought it was really interesting uh Lorianne, when when skinner said that you know mm-hmm. he said hey sometimes at least they know who you are 
And if you're playing in the East Coast League, no one's booing you down there or say, chant your name because they don't know who the heck you are. So <laughs> I guess, no, you know, all news is good news. All references are good references. Um, certainly, you know, us in the media, we live that life a little bit. Some, you know, I don't care if they like you or hate you. As long as they're reading you, it's supposed to be a good thing. That's what they tell you. <laughs> well, if they're talking about you, they're paying attention. And I think that's huge. And sometimes it's maybe... Um, they're a little bit more focused than before. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there's two sides to this thing. If you're a horrible player and they're talking about you because you're a horrible player, I can't find a lot of positive in that. If I write a column that's just so stupid that the entire city's laughing at me, I'm not sure that's so positive, right? <laughs> uh, I've known guys in my business who will say the dumbest thing and their defense is, hey, at least they're talking about me. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you can have that attention. I don't really want it. Uh, you know, Stu Skinner, like when he lets in six somewhere and they're chanting his name, I mean, I guess you could frame that as positive. I'm not, I'd like to really try to find the positives in that. If he's shutting them down and they're chanting his name, that's a bit of a different scenario, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. Kevin Carius, Lorianne Munzer on a chilly Monday morning, minus 34 in Edmonton. But hey, it's going to warm up. We're maybe 23 below today for a high. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, Speck, you go on the road for, uh, you know, Chicago, Detroit, and Montreal, three original six teams. And then Toronto's here tomorrow, another original six. Do you is it different covering those games with I guess more media or anything like that? How do you what's what's the difference uh, in your mind or is there one? Uh, it's, it, just, it's good to be in towns where hockey matters. I mean that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go to a game in a you know it's it's for instance it's football time of year, right? You're covering there's a game in Buffalo today. Now yeah. Buffalo's a really good hockey town. Don't get me wrong, but that game no one cares about that game because the Bills are playing it. 2.30 this yeah, afternoon, exactly. Edmonton time. The San Jose game this morning is going to be a rumor. Um, <laughs> when you go to a game in Montreal, it matters, especially on Saturday night. The fans are there. There's 21,000 of them, and they care. The people are on the streets. They care. The cabbies talking about the game. They care. So that's the fun part. We come home to Edmonton, and it's always like that. I think we take it for granted here, folks, that you know, we're in a city where every, here we are talking about every single game on the radio all day. Uh, this is a hell of a good hockey town here, and there's a few like it, but they're not all like it, right? They're not all like it, so that's the best thing. When you go to the Chicago's and Detroit's, uh, it matters in those towns, and they're fun places to be there to watch a hockey game. There's a lot of other fans that traveled around. I saw mm-hmm. lots of evident fans in airports on this trip. Uh, there's a, And in Montreal, there was a pack of other fans huh. there, so they're starting to travel a little bit with this team, Kev. What city had more? Montreal had more than anyone, for sure, by far? Oh, yeah, for sure by far. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Detroit gets a lot because they come down from Ontario. Yeah. It's their chance to see Connor McDavid, and down they come, right? So, right yeah. across the border. But Montreal so by easy. far had the most. Hmm. Uh, what about, when, like, say, in, in uh, Chicago? Did you did you see a lot there, too, or not? A uh, handful. You know, yeah. a handful. There's always some. There's hmm. always some. But Chicago's out of the way. It, yeah. I, I it's w- a long way to yeah. drive to get fly there or whatever. Yeah. I, I always think Nashville, like the Oilers fans like traveling to Nashville to, to watch games there. Yeah, it's, you know what, there's a few places in the league I'd say to anyone listening, if you, if you do want to take a road trip, there's a few really fun places to see your Oilers play. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, Montreal's right at the top of my list. The building is fantastic. It's a fun place to be. Nashville's right at the top of the list because it's such a great experience. And when the game ends, you just have a yeah. hell of a good time in Nashville because <laughs> it's such a fun city. Um, you know, there's a few play going to a hockey game in Boston's cool. It's got a really neat vibe mm-hmm. there. If you ever get a chance to see Madison Square Garden and watch your team play in there, that's pretty cool. That yeah. building is whatever it is, a hundred years old. Uh, so there's a few places around the league. If you can, you know, if you're looking for a hockey holiday, uh, there's a few places to see your team for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Spector with us on uh, Sports 1440. What do you make of tomorrow's tilt with Toronto coming in? Leafs lose to uh, uh, Detroit last night, 4-2. Got some goaltending issues, injury issues issues a little bit, but uh, just a, a, a general uh, look ahead to tomorrow's game against the Leafs. Toronto's getting a little sloppy. Uh, it's not going well. You can see Sheldon Keefe isn't happy with what's going on there. Um, you know, they're benching guys in the third period. Their goaltending is all over the place. Uh, but I will say, but, you know, the team on the other side tomorrow, Edmonton's in a little bit of a power outage here, right? They're not scoring many goals. And they've, you know, they're at the end of a 10. They've won 10 in a row. It's starting to peter out. I think you can see that, can't you, Kev? You can kind yeah. of see in their play. It's. I don't think you can continue to keep winning these 2-1 games. Some, at some point, someone's going to get three on you. Yeah, Isn't it a great um, thing, Toronto though? Toronto always plays pretty well. Yeah, isn't it a great that? thing that Toronto's here? Like, you know, you're, you're not playing a team that you're not really going to, you know, like let's just pretend it's, I don't know, the Wild or something coming into town. You know, it's Toronto. The place is yeah. going to be buzzing. Yeah, no, I think that that's something that will help the Oilers, right? And they're coming home, first game home from a road trip. That's traditionally a sleepy game mm-hmm. for the home team. So, yes, having have you're right, Kev, yeah. making this having this game be the least, the crowd's going to be buzzing. It's 50-50 Leafs fans. All these, you know, there's a bunch of Ontario kids on the Oilers who grew up looking at that Maple Leaf. It still means something for those guys to play that sweater, I'm telling you. Uh, so, yes, it's a convenient opponent uh, to help the Oilers get the most out of this thing, mm-hmm. for sure. Growing up in Toronto, the Leafs, I was definitely a Leafs fan. This was uh, <laughs> a long, long time ago. This is uh, Daryl yeah. Sittler, Boreal Salming days. Yeah. But um, I noticed the one yeah, thing yeah. before Christmas is just you had talked about games away and then coming home and away and just having that combination. Do you think that tomorrow night, you know, they're they're going to be here in town. Is that going to shift the energy of their playing of, you know, sometimes there's that change of place, the change of venue coming back home is a really good thing. Do you think that's going to be in the Oilers favor? Well, it can be for sure. Coming home to the place you're comfortable. That's the good news, right? Mm-hmm. Coming home. Um, listen, I got 40 years of history here watching as we all do watching the Western base team come home from a road trip and not play very good. They say the same thing in Vancouver. They say the same thing in Calgary. They say the same thing in LA, right? It's there's something physiological here. There's something, you know, I don't know what it is because I'm not a sleep doctor. Maybe it's time zones. But I'm here to tell you, it's a real thing. People say, ah, that's just an excuse. It's not an excuse. It happens in every city. So to me, especially when it's been minus 35, you've been on the road, your wife's been taking care of the house and the kids and things are freezing and 
snow's falling and guys get home and all of a sudden they got a bunch of stuff on their plate, right? Mm -hmm. The honeydew list is there. The kids want to spend time (laughs) with you. Of course, Uh, you got, you know, you have regular things that parents have, which is when you come home from the road. I'm no different. I come home to a honeydew list myself. That's how it works. So do players lose a little focus on that first game home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do because they're human beings and they have families and kids and wives. And, you know, that's just that's just human nature. So yeah. it happened to Wayne Gretzky. It happened to, you know, Doug Waite, and it's happened to Connor McDavid. That first game home from a big road trip, it's always a bit of a soft game for the Oilers. What's on the uh, Mark Spector honeydew list? <laughs> oh, things like, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we're lucky now. I'm in a condo, so yeah. I don't have to shovel, yeah. which is good, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to shovel. Uh, what's going on with the truck? What's going on with the cabin? Is it frozen solid out there? Maybe mm-hmm. you should go check. You know, I'm like any guy, just the same stuff, man. What's uh, It's your turn to walk the dog in minus 35 <laughs> morning and night because I've been doing it for a week, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a lot of fun. I don't have to tell women, folks, it's not a lot of fun when it's 35 below. Yeah. But like, you, you, I mean, you're doing that all the time when you come back and you're, you know, you're a big time when it comes to hey, all those. That's what you do. Yeah. You know, yeah. did you get I'm back not, in time? This to isn't w- me complaining. No, no, no. Did you Sorry? get back in time yesterday, Spec, to watch any NFL? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I got back about uh, two o'clock or so mm-hmm. from Montreal, and uh, yeah, I did have an eye on the NFL. I yeah. saw Green Bay just. I mean, Dallas's yeah. defense couldn't get a stop. I couldn't believe it. And then the offense chips in with a pick six or two. Yeah. Um, unbelievable to see. Love go in there and just dismantle the Cowboys mm-hmm. the way he did. I don't think anybody saw that coming. When and you, as a long, you know what? I love fan bases like Detroit. Yes, Kev, I was just going to get sucking to it up for 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 since 1991. Mm-hmm. Like those are the people that deserve a win, right? I was just in Detroit. They're talking about that game. The cabbie was telling me he couldn't wait. I mm-hmm. love to see yeah. Detroit win that game. People are crying. What was the you vibe know? like, my the, buddy? Yeah. Pete, well, they were, they were excited. They were. I was in there like whatever it was, three four days mm-hmm. ago, and they were all the, the the Lions was a big deal. Like it's what they're talking about there. God bless the Red Wings, but they're only in game thirty eight or thirty nine. The Lions are playing a playoff game, so it's all about the Detroit Lions. There, I got a buddy here at Edmonton, Peter Blazek. He's been a Lions fan since about nineteen eighty, and uh, he's watching that game yesterday, and it means a lot because yeah. they're poor. Those poor Lions fans, man. Imagine trying to be a Detroit Lions fan. Like, oh my God, talk about getting your heart broke year after year after year. So good for the good for Detroit. Just happy to see the game yesterday. The city needs it. I mean, you think about all the stuff that's been going on in that city for so many years. You know, the crime and everyone. You know, I, even there is a, a bunch of documentary spec, and I don't know if you've seen it when you go to Detroit. You know, if if a house gets torn down or burned down or whatever, they don't even rebuild it. They're just taking houses down and turning them into parks. You know. No one wants to move yeah, into those areas. It's, well, it's 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 a funny place, Detroit, because the people that live there and live in the suburbs love it. Mm-hmm. Like the people that live in yes. Farmington Hills and Gross Point and around the city, there's all it's really nice. You know, people who work for the Red Wings and people who spend so they love it there. 
downtown Detroit, I don't need to tell you, it's been through some tough times. Yeah. It's way nicer. I've been going there now for 30 years. There was a time when you didn't even want to walk around downtown yeah. Detroit. Now it's it's there's, it's lighter, it's safer, it's better. I walked home from the rink after the game the other day back to my hotel, and I never felt threatened for a second. Right. Ten years ago, I never would have done it. So hmm. they're getting there. Listen, urban decay in the States, right? Oh. We talk about it all day, but – Detroit suffered from that urban decay as hard as anyone, and now they're trying to dig their way out. Yeah, a lot of places like that. Uh, Speckgate, thanks for coming on oh, again. Oh, for sure. Um, really appreciate it, and we'll uh, see you down at the rink. Take care, man. All right, looking forward to it. That is Mark Spector uh, on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Speaking of a little bit of a boost... Jackie Ray Greening, there's a little bit of a pancake breakfast going on here in the Stingray Studios. Duke, did you get a little feed there? Jackie Ray brought in. L.A., you had a chat. You, you got some eggs. You got three flapjacks. Yep. Uh, blueberries. Hey, blueberry flapjacks. Did That's, you have a... Oh, yeah. I, uh, did I, you wolf yours down? Is that why I didn't see you here, Duke, for the last well, little bit? Well, you know, we're, we're working on trying to re- recoup some of our lost time with the pronger, unfortunately, yeah, being yeah. able to get, uh, join us this morning. So we're still working on sliding a few extra guests into some spots. So between that... And scarfing down, uh, I'm one, <laughs> one and a half pancakes down of my three right now. So, and you'd wolf the eggs down too? No, not yet. Oh. I got a, a, a couple forkfuls of egg in so far. Is and that, I'll tell you guys, it's good. LA, like I know, like you're on a strict dietary thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is this something you're, you're just kind of looking at it or what are you doing? Oh, so we no, got, I'm just, just waiting for, for the break. I'm just waiting oh, for the okay. break. For our listeners, so we have three flapjacks, blueberry, and like some scrambled eggs. Just kind of, they smell, so they smell good. very good. <sighs> And they've got the maple syrup mm-hmm. with a little bit of butter on mine. Classic Canadian minus 35 oh, breakfast. Yes. I might even have to get a little going here. <laughs> that's, what that, that's what commercial breaks yes. are for, Kev, right? Keep your, uh, keep your energy levels up. Text coming in, one 1440 My sort of trivia question about Connor McDavid being the third, ranking third all time behind two players. We said one of them was... Wayne Gretzky, he's tied with Mario Lemieux for uh, 14 10-game point-scoring streaks. Wayne Gretzky's ahead of him. There's another player as well. Tech's coming in, and no one's got it yet. Uh, Yarmory Yager comes in from uh, Titans Todd. That's not it. Sizzler says Paul Coffey. Not it. one 401 do you know who it is? <laughs> no, I don't. Duke doesn't know either. Don't say it, Duke. Don't say it. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I uh, And I haven't looked it up yet. I'm uh, curious. I think I'll look it up here during the break so okay. then I uh, – because, I mean, I know you're not going to ask me anyway. We'll leave Matthew, Matthew Jones goes Joe, uh, Luke Robitaille. Nope. Alex Ovechkin comes from Greg. Nope. Hey, let's go to break here, Duke. Uh, maybe, maybe as we go to break, do you got one more – a little hint. No. A decade they played in perhaps? It's not recent. How's that sound? Sure. There you go. Okay. There's there's a mm. hint to go to break. We can get some more suggestions in, and we'll yeah. uh, big reveal. It's on the other re- side. Massive, bossy. No, that's uh, from Jester, Joey, nine, uh, Joey Nine Toes, Peter Stastny. No, uh, we'll have the reveal when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show with Lorianne Munzer on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey, Lorianne Munzer, and I'm frigid, chilly Monday morning, minus 34 in Edmonton. Text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We posed the question just a little earlier. Connor McDavid is on a ten game point scoring streak. It's the fourteenth 
10-game point streak of his career. It ties him with Mario Lemieux for third all-time behind Wayne Gretzky. And we asked our listeners. Text coming in. one 833 Phil Esposito. No. Dean says, probably Peter Stastny. No. Corey goes, Steve Iserman. No. Rick says, Phil Esposito. No. Corey asks, says, uh, Corey says, Dale Howarchuk. No. Doug says, Reggie Leach. No. Same with Sizzler, Dale Howarchuk. No. Um, Steve Iserman. No. Burry, no. Bobby Orr, no. Bossy, no. Joe Sackick from Gord Oil, uh-uh. Oh, too bad. Displace you, Connor. Marcel Dion. Coach L. Yari Curry, no. It's kind of having some fun. This is good. Normally, uh, there have been one or two that have come in correct, but I'm just going to wait for a couple minutes and... See what goes on. Uh, Laurieann Munzer, uh, our Monday co-host. So you were in L.A., outside of L.A., just on a quick was, little trip. How yes. was it? It was good. It yeah. was nice and warm. It was sunny. Yeah, it was perfect days. Mm-hmm. Do, did you do some cycling down there? No, no? I didn't. Okay. Just a lot of walking. Have you ever cycled? Like, I, being in Santa Monica area several times, mm-hmm. I mean, down the, the you know the, the sidewalk there that goes all the way from where the big Ferris wheel is at, at Santa Monica straight south to like, I don't know, like Venice Beach and all those areas. Mm-hmm. Like, just sweet. It's spectacular. Yeah. I was imagining a cruiser. I was uh, down at the Newport Beach, and mm-hmm. uh, the shops were closed, but uh, beautiful, beautiful beach area, mm-hmm. sidewalks, perfect for cycling. So what, it was just a quick little trip in and out? It was just work stuff, yeah. So mm-hmm. I was down there doing some work, and uh, yeah, evening's free. Oilers on a 10-game winning streak, and as an you know, Olympic gold medalist. Too bad Chris Pronger wasn't here. This oh. would be another Olympic gold medalist. That would have been amazing. I was so, looking forward to meeting him this I morning. I think I, I'm, I was trying to add them up. So Cassie Campbell has, we had Cassie Campbell and Katrina LeMay-Done. Who else have we had that have Olympic gold medals? That, you know, it's, there's two, three. I was adding them up in my head. I thought, I think we with Pronger's gold, it would be, and yours, I think we'd be close to about eight. I think with so. With all our guests somewhere in there. Somewhere around there. Yes. Pretty cool. Yep. So uh, anyway, when a team is on a roll like this, mm-hmm. oh, uh, everything, everyone's feeling good, and you have that confidence, and but you can see things just you know because you can't go on forever. But how do you try to keep it going on for as long as you can? Well, my head wants to go. Of course, you can. Uh, one of the big secrets is I always tell my clients and athletes that I work with always keep two feet on the gas not just one on the gas pedal because invariably you will take one off and you have to go into every day as a new day. You have to go into every game as a new game. And it's just, you, you got to bring your A game out because with the practice, it gets better and better and better. You learn from the mistakes you make or the errors that you make and you've got to still keep that, um, that energy going, even if it starts to wane, you have to keep on the mental toughness and, and you can't let off the gas. Mm-hmm. How much does veteran leadership come into play at a time like this? Because you always say it comes into play when things are going bad. 
Absolutely. Veteran leadership is huge because there is something that happens when you hit 30. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but when you've got the time in the game, time playing, that is really going to come out because there's a thing called experience. If you're younger coming in, you may not have as much ice time. You may not have as many years. You may not have as many seasons. Mm -hmm. It is really going to play into it. There's a calmness that comes from being a vet. And it's something that you can bring, and it's an energy. The younger uh, athletes will feel it, and they're going to try and figure out what to do because sometimes the energy is what you need to harness because it does get away from you. And when you let it get away from you, yeah, sometimes that's when things go south a bit. So it's bringing it in, and just that veteran presence can really be that stabilizing thing that you need. What's the difference between an individual sport like yourself when you were cycling to a team sport where you have where you can more you can lean on other people? Oh, I guess. I I think there's great wealth in a team sport because there's if you don't have if you're not on your A game, you can take that energy from another player that does. If you're solo and by yourself, Trying to recreate it, to bring it back, is sometimes the hardest thing you can ever do and have to do. And it's always easier when you've got team around you that can say, hey, just do this or think about this. Or it's just that confident boost by just hearing a word or a phrase or just let's go, let's mm-hmm. do this. Uh, Kevin Carries, Lorianne Munzer, uh, Sports 1440, 8.31 in Edmonton, minus 34. Uh, text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, we asked the question about Connor McDavid and his 10-game point-scoring streak. And, you know, we have a few correct answers. I'm I'm so happy that we have a few <laughs> correct answers. But we have tons of texts coming in. Uh, it's not Joe Sackick, not Yager, not Brian Trotche. That was from Mark. Uh, Eden says Patrick Kane, no. Uh, Lane, Mark Messier, uh-uh. He, uh, Sundin, no, unfortunately. Mike Medano from Dr. TSA, unfortunately, no. Is it Gordy Howe? Uh-uh. That, uh, El Nate says that. Ron Duguay, <laughs> no. Uh, Darcy Hordachuk has some funny ones. Rocket Richard, uh-uh. The correct answer is Guy Lafleur, former Montreal Canadian. So Guy Lafleur is... Uh, ahead of Connor McDavid. Wayne Gretzky's ahead of Connor McDavid when it comes to 10-game point-scoring streaks. McDavid now with 14. That's it. And, and again, so he's got points in every one of these wins. This is huge. Yeah. I mean, everyone is... It's You feel good about yourself. You go to the rink, and even in in, in weather like this, you know, guys would go to the rink today, and normally, if you were losing, you'd go, oh, man, this sucks. The weather sucks. This, you know, everyone. But just think if the Oilers were on a 10-game losing streak in this weather. Oh, that oh. would be even worse. Don't even go there, Kevin. It would Don't be, even go there. It would be just insane. Mm-hmm. People would be. You know what? This is something really interesting because Connor's 10 game point streak here mm-hmm. is adding energy. Yeah. And it's contagious. And it just, there's, there's something about it that just, I think, elevates the game. Not only does it lift your spirits, um, you know, fans come out, comments more, um, and it's just, I think it's so good. Sean had it correct, uh, saying Guy Lafleur. We had some others saying it was Guy Lafleur as well. Um, Doug, Guy Lafleur. So congrats to uh, um, a lot of guys that had a AM, says Guy Lafleur as well. 
And we had a few other uh, Gila, Miles, Gila Fleur. So, yeah, congrats to the people that figured that one out. So, uh, so in this weather, and again, what's the coldest you've ever cycled in? Like, do you... <laughs> Do you still, like, if it's, do you still go outside? And it, I still yeah. go outside. Minus 25. That's the coldest? Is the cutoff, because <laughs> then your fingers and toes, which are the hardest parts of your body to keep warm because they're not moving. Mm-hmm. Yes, your feet are moving, but you're usually clipped into your pedals. Uh, I have now, I was gifted last year. Oh my gosh. This was the most amazing cycling gift, electric socks. Oh yeah. And. Yeah. Oh, do they ever keep your feet warm? But keeping your hands warm is, that's usually the first element that goes. Then your toes go and you don't want to lose any of those. So mm-hmm. minus 25 seems to be the cutoff. It's better if you're riding in the trails, in the woods, like yeah. in our river valley, because it's more sheltered. When you're out in the open, the wind chill factor is just abysmal. Oh, you're not kidding. Um, we'll talk about that. We're, you're trying to get a hold of Jungle Jim Hunter as well. Yep. We'll see if uh, we'll he go to... He said yes. We'll go to... What times do you want to come on? He said 940 would work best. Okay, perfect. So we'll do in or out when we come back after the break. Uh, so that's uh, coming up. Uh, Kevin Carey, Lorianne Munzer on Sports 1440. Uh, right after the break, are you in or are you out? All right. Welcome back to the big program. Old Tritter, hey, Duke comes through again. You like it better than the Eagles, as we always say, don't you? This version, yeah. Like, I, I love the Eagles, but mm-hmm. this, I think I like the uh, the cover more than the original. L.A.? I'm classic know. Eagles yeah. all the way. I think I am, too. Sorry, Duke. That's not, I It's mean, nice. There's nothing wrong with the original. No. I'm, I'm a huge Travis Trick guy. His voice is uh, one of a kind. Mm-hmm. So, big fan. Nothing wrong with Travis Tritt. <laughs> I think he, that, that hair? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Unrivaled. You know, I think he appeared on a couple shows, uh, episodes of Ben Matlock, too. Or maybe that was Randy Ooh, Travis. that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. How about Randy Travis's cameo appearance in National Treasure 2 with, with Nick Cage? <laughs> I don't think it's he, like, So just like, T, this, you've obviously never seen it. There's like, so Nick Cage is a treasure hunter, and he's trying okay. to like kidnap the president to get some information about the secret book for whatever. But anyway, he does it at the president's birthday party yeah. where Randy Travis is the entertainment. And he's he's in the movie. Like, it's him on the stage singing really? for three seconds, cuts away to him talking to the person that's playing the president. Hmm. Well, I'll have to check that one out. What a cameo appearance. Oh, I'll have to check credited, that one out. Credited cameo appearance. So uh, we just confirmed Jungle Jim Hunter. Mm-hmm. Canadian skiing legend will guest with us at uh, 940. Thanks for uh, setting that up, L.A. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, Patrick Johnston from the province in the Vancouver Sun will guest with us to talk about the Canucks in the serious role. I mean, the Oilers are, you know, 10 wins in a row. Uh, they had an eight-game winning streak. The Oilers, <laughs> it's funny, you know, Vancouver's got 61 points. The Oilers have 47. They're still 14 back of Vancouver mm-hmm. after an eight-game winning streak in a 10-game. That's how well Vancouver, how consistent the Canucks have been. So uh, we'll check in uh, with Patrick Johnson on that. Uh, Jerome Sullivan from the Houston Chronicle will be with us at 920 to talk about the Houston Texans. And again, Jungle Jim Hunter at 940. Eric Kratz from Sports Illustrated Fan Nation uh, will check in to talk about the Eagles and Tampa game tonight. But first, here is, are you in or are you out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. And put it together a team. 
than I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Monday morning edition of In or Out, uh, starting with the Edmonton Oilers, who have won 10 games in a row as of Saturday night, defeating the Montreal Canadiens in overtime, uh, largely on the back of the play of Stuart Skinner, who I'm saying, after this recent run, has uh, officially vaulted himself into the conversation for the Vesna Trophy. What's the conversation, Duke? Top three, then? At the moment, I would say conversation top five. Okay, top five is just, it's nipping top five. It's not top three because they're, he's not in the top three conversation. Top five, he's, I would say he's just nipping it. So I'm going to go, I'm out on this because I don't think he's top five yet. I think he's pretty darn close, could be six. So I'm going to say I'm out on this, but he is playing the best he's ever played. I think, uh, you know, coming off a, a Calder Trophy, being a finalist uh, last year, uh, slow start this year. He is on top of his game. He's economical in the uh, net. He is uh, square to the shooters. His angles are very good. And just funny, eh? We haven't really heard anything bad about Dustin Schwartz for a long time. <laughs> Weird how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give this to you with uh, uh, some, some fa- yeah. uh, facts. So since November 24th, he has won 14 of his last 16 decisions. Two shutouts and his overall numbers on the season have now climbed to a 903 save percentage, 263 GAA, and 18 wins. Again, he's so close. I, I, I think he's just outside the top five right now. But uh, if this keeps going, I mean, give him a couple weeks, he could be top three or four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm out. I so want to say I'm in because he's so up and coming. His performances, his plays have been amazing. He's getting better and better and better. Can we do this question again in about four <laughs> weeks? I think really that's when very it, it'll come in. Because when, when is the... Um, well, it'd be at the end of the year, right? Yeah. So, you'd so playoffs, playoffs are never included in, in the you know the Vezina or the, you know, any award hearts or yeah. anything like that. So it's just yeah. the regular season. So yeah, I think he's I think he's the one to watch. Yeah, I set, really do. Seven straight starts with a save percentage no worse than nine one two, and uh, uh, no more than three goals allowed in any of those last seven starts as well. The other thing, another question, if you want to kind of uh, branch off from this, is he's put himself in the conversation to be considered for goaltender for Team Canada, wherever it is. In, in, in any sort of best-on-best best competition, 100%. Because, yes. I mean, after his Calder's uh, yep. finalist season last year, he was kind of in the mix. Slow start to this year. All of a sudden, we, we've talked about it on the show. We're like, who yep. is Canada's goalies? We, we all of a sudden seem to have a, uh, like, we're void at the position compared to other nations. Yep. But we, I think we still have uh, certainly a few, a few good options. Over to uh, number two, staying in the conversation of the NHL. And uh, this weekend, we got our final all-star players uh, in via the fan vote. Leon Dreisaitl joining Connor McDavid uh, in Toronto for all-star weekend, but not voted in by the fans were Evan Bouchard or Zach Hyman amidst a career year. But I'm saying that uh, these players, while it's uh, an honor to be considered in the discussion, they actually, or they'll never admit it, but they're happy they don't get voted in so they can spend their all-star break as they choose rather than being forced to partake in the festivities. You want to go first, Ellie? Yeah, I, I'm 
I'm not really sure because this is like a double-ended <laughs> question here. And they these, all are. These, for the these are like these, these really hurt my head to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think it's an honor to be voted in and to play in an All-Star game. I don't think every athlete can say that that they've been part of a game, and you know what? It's something that you can have fun with, but you can really um, bring out your best skills. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm out on this. I think they are happy to get voted. They want to go. The players all want to go to the to the game. Um, having said that, if you go once or twice, I think the novelty wears off. So after, you, if you've experienced it before, mm-hmm. I think you might go, mm, yeah, or you get a little older, like a guy like Ovechkin or guys like this, they go, ah, you know what, I've been to 15 All-Star games. I've had it. Right. You know, so I think in that sense that they wouldn't mind a little time off and, they all love going down to Mexico, don't they, during the break? Well, we, we saw it at Oliver yeah. Bjorkstrand when he got yeah. the news, a, um, a pure disbelief. I, I don't know if he thought he was getting traded or what, but that was one of the most unintentionally funny videos. Um, the forced social media clip of Todd McClellan mm-hmm. telling Cam Talbot comes in, shakes his hand. Yeah, we got to do this for social media. Congrats, you're going to the All-Star game, and then walks out of the room. And then most recently, uh, Seth Jarvis from the Hurricanes was on the vote-in ballot, yeah. and he basically said, he's like, nope, so, don't, I already, non-refundable trip booked. Don't don't vote me in. Thanks for the thanks for the shout out though. So uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right, Kevin. I yeah. think going once or twice is a, is a great honor. But then after that, like you said, the novelty is kind of not there. Maybe it changes a little bit as they keep trying to spruce it up and and make it more of um, a draw to not only mm-hmm. the players but also the fans. Of course, the financial reward with the skills competition this year. Curious to see how it uh, how it works out as they continue to tweak yeah. and tweak and move it around. But shifting over to the uh, world of football and the NFL, a big weekend, of course, Super Wild Card Weekend, starting with the frigid temperatures we saw in Kansas City on Saturday night. I sent a tweet out, and I got mostly agreements on this. But I'm saying the decision by football players to not wear sleeves in sub-zero temperatures provides absolutely no mental advantage over your opponents and actually creates a physical disadvantage in the process. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go. I'm in on it. I, I think it is a massive, massive mental advantage, just like Eddie Steele said last week. He was playing in Hamilton. They went into Winnipeg, and all the uh, Odell Willis had uh, the tarp off for uh, pregame warm up. And the Hamilton receivers were going, This guy's crazy. It's crazy. And they came into the locker room, and Eddie said they'd, the team had checked out already. And it got into their heads already. They they said it's too cold for us. So I'm. Uh, so you're out on this. I'm out on this. Yeah, I think I say it. It creates a massive mental advantage if you can not, not let sleeves? if you cannot let the elements bother you. It's psychological. Yeah, it's total psychological. There you go. That's what I'm saying here. And here's the interesting thing: you can actually create. I'm going to call it heat within because you can fuel <laughs> and create that body temperature element and do it from a psychological point. Duke, you're a, yeah, no I can see. chance. <laughs> as soon as they Come go on, to the sidelines, they're putting on these giant coats. They're standing by the heaters. What adva- like how tough are you think you do you think you look when as soon as you're not on the field, you're bundling up, you're freezing to death. Like do you you <laughs> Look at how I do. I want to need just, to be on yeah. on the field on look, the sidelines. Look at how is when you do the reset. The Dolphins were to tackling. You don't think the fact that they were freezing to death had anything to do with that? The cold metal of the helmets going up against your bare skin, like, and how much? How much in terms of warmth is like say a, a long sleeve Under Armour shirt going to do? 
I mean, hey, it helps retain a little bit. But even just the contact of the I just snow, think you look tougher. the grass. I love that. I think you look like an idiot. <laughs> no, because you're, I love the you're, Jack Lambert, Pittsburgh Steelers and all that. You're so uh, self-conscious about your own masculinity. You have to try and prove you're a man you got by wearing fro- you got, sleeves. You know, snot and frost sleeves. out of your nose. That's, that's, you look, that's. You're showing the opponent that this doesn't bother you. And if you. everybody's doing it, if both sidelines are like, oh, I'm a DB, I'm not wearing sleeves. Well, I'm Tyree Kill, I'm a receiver, I'm not going to wear sleeves. What what difference does it make? It's a net negative. <laughs> Put some sleeves on, maybe you can catch a ball. I thought you were tougher, Duke. I just thought you were, you know. <laughs> no, you were, you, were wrong. you were wrong. I'm I'm not tough at all. But uh, we'll, we'll stick with football. We saw C.J. Stroud get his first win uh, as an NFL quarterback in the playoffs on Saturday afternoon. First time in NFL history, I believe, or in the Super Bowl era anyway, that a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback uh, got a win in a playoff game. Looking a little foolish on the Carolina Panthers side after drafting Bryce Young first overall. And, in the 20- And a first-rounder. <laughs> and a first-rounder. And DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, in the 21st century, so the year 2000 to present day, there has never been a bigger gap in talent, let's say, to put this plainly, um, from the second overall quarter, mm-hmm. the second quarterback taken compared to the first. Doesn't have to be first and second overall like these two were, but just first and second QBs off the board. So not first and second overall because that's only happened a couple. That's of only times, happened right? a couple times. So yeah, just first two quarterbacks off the board. Kind of the biggest, uh, the biggest whoopsie. How's how's that? Uh, and the biggest one is one two would be Manning and Leaf. I would believe. Yeah. Okay, but Manning went one one. So it's not really like they made the right choice. Yes. Oh. The only other one that that is close, and this is honestly a very fair argument, is Trubitsky and Mahomes, mm-hmm. who were picked two and tenth, I think. Tenth, yeah. Uh, Casey traded up to get Mahomes, correct? I think. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say that that I'm going to go with that one for sure. So uh, Stroud has the ability here to maybe we can talk about this in a few years. He's only played one season and one playoff game so I'm going to go that uh, I'm out on this I'll go with the Mahomes Trubisky thing Mm -hmm. so I'm out I don't know enough about this I'm watching Stroud and really impressed with the game on Saturday I'm going to be out how about this one 2013 first quarterback off the board EJ Manuel second Geno Smith (sighs) still yeah I'm it's Mahomes all the way for me couple Super Bowls already it's 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 a like that one is so glaring and makes mm-hmm. the Bears look so bad because yep. they traded up to get <laughs> Trubisky. And then who? Like the next quarterback off the board was Deshaun Watson. So they kind of like had a double double miss on it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's obviously just one season, but what we've seen from Bryce Young is far from very uh, yeah. inspiring. I can't wait to get to all the texts of guys ripping you, Duke. It's going to be great. Yeah, Craig and Red Deer. Yeah. <laughs> Even Doug. I like Doug's. Is pretty good too. All right, Duke, one more. One more. This, uh, this just came to me. I, I had another thing in mind, but we'll save it for another day as uh, the lovely Jackie Ray uh, mm-hmm. brought in some breakfast for us in the studio. Gobbled it up. It, it was fantastic. But scrambled eggs, if you stack them up on a list of all other ways to prepare eggs, to me, they are at the bottom of the power <laughs> rankings. The egg power rankings. I'm going to go. I'm out on this because I think it's an art to make very good scrambled eggs. If you're making just, okay, say you're having a, a fried egg over easy, you put it in, you turn it. It's, I mean, come on. Scrambled eggs, you need to have the right components, a tiny little bit of cream, a little bit of butter. You've got to add the components. You've got to gently 
stir them around. You don't just go with a whisk and go bananas with a spatula. You've got to be gentle with them. That's what makes a perfect scramble egg. So I'm out on this, Duke. I'm out as well. I think <laughs> scrambled eggs are the finest art to egg decoration. <laughs> eggs and Benedict? This is great. Oh, no, no. Eggs Benedict don't even come onto the plate. Um, the fork, the cream, the butter. Yes. You can... You can mess you up can scrambled yes. eggs. You can screw it up so bad and so yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. And it really like, is a fine art. Even, even at its best, how, like, it's not as good as another form at its best. I mean, yeah, like a fried egg, obviously very simple. But a fried egg, you're throwing that uh, on a sandwich with some bacon or meat. You can do the same with scrambled eggs. And a fried egg is way, like, it's harder to screw up. So in, th- in theory, that makes it better. Like, its, it's floor is way higher than a scrambled eggs floor, and its ceiling is probably not that far below a scrambled egg ceiling. So have you on, ever, have on you median, ever? on median, fried egg. <laughs> Duke is just passionate about this in the sleeves, man. Holy cow! <laughs> Sorry, Duke. I'm out. Uh, LA's out. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, there's way better. Like, because to me, eggs Benedict is primo. Uh, yeah. it, that is the best. That is the highest form. If it's offered at any but restaurant, but it's just the I'm holiday ordering. sauce. But I like just regular poached eggs too. Okay, I, I think they're very good. I do too. And I like a nice hard boiled egg. Mm-hmm. I like a <laughs> pickled eggs yeah. right out of the jar. You know, there's a bar in Saskatchewan. I think it's in Punishai. <laughs> if you can eat three pickled eggs in less than a minute without swallowing them whole or whatever, you get a free beer. You got to chew them. <laughs> One free beer for eating three pickled eggs? In less than a minute. Oh, my God. You'd be ill. No. No, no. They're good. I mean, well, but it's I, hard I to do. It's I love them. Because you can't, without drinking water or Yeah, beer. that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it, the, the, the texture, it the just, rubber. It, it's <laughs> too, the chalkiness of the yolk coats your throat. You can't swallow. I think pickling an egg is just wrong. No. Oh, no. They're great. Oh. LA. You got some, some great small town bars across the prairies. They just sit there on a jar. They sit there, open jar on the counter, help yourself. They're like a buck a piece. Throw, Doug, them, on, throw them on the tab. Doug, Doug texts in. Kevin, Duke is 100% wrong. About the, the, Kevin, Duke is wrong again. <laughs> Scrambled eggs are the best. <laughs> okay, so Doug, Doug's first text saying the fact I'm arguing with two professional athletes being Lorianne and Eddie. Uh, uh, so, Lorianne, in Uh-oh. your professional experience, you've never had to cycle, like, competitively. Uh, in, in, in Minus 30. In, in, in that type of weather, correct? No. I mean, and because like you're, you're obviously like you do cycle outdoors yes. and you, even if, even in some competitive nature, like not, um, not just more than just recreationally, mm-hmm. but your sport is an indoor sport. Track cycling is yes. Because in, in the velodrome. Velodrome. Yes. Velodrome. Thank you. And the reason is because we're on a 40, 45 degree exactly, angle. Exactly. Right. You can't do that outside. <laughs> the conditions would be too, um, unpredictable. Oh, it'd be like cycling on ice. Yeah. Deadly. Exactly. Yeah. And Eddie, the other professional <laughs> athlete Doug is referring to, he replied to my tweet saying, in his younger days, sure, he would do it. Once once again lends itself to my side of the argument, you're young and stupid. He says when he got older, <laughs> no chance was he doing that. When you start thinking about some of this stuff, no. I mean, I have studs on my tires, on my fat bike, and that keeps you upright on anything. I fun. see people ripping around on those oh. things. Do you know what it's like? A fat <laughs> bike with studs in the winter is like a Jeep. You roll over anything and everything. Mm. You can ride over everything except powder. You have to have a flatter track or a pack down track. 
but it is the most fun you can have right. on two wheels. We got to get to the break here. Got to pump the brakes. That was a, <laughs> that was fun eggs. though. That was good. That was some good uh, conversation there. Uh, before we get to the top of the hour, and Patrick Johnson from the uh, province in Vancouver Sun to talk a little Canucks. Uh, time now for a sports fourteen forty update. Brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here's the Duke.